Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Thursday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We've got a lot of news from practice today. Greg was there and will fill us all in. But to start the show, we've got a very special guest joining us, Cam Robinson. He is the director of film scouting and the lord of fantasy hockey. He can give us his blessing <laughs> at Elite Prospects. And just in time, they just published their Bedard versus Fantilli column. And, and Cam, thanks for joining us. That's where our minds have been uh, all season. The three of us actually went to see Adam Fantilli uh, play at Notre Dame. Uh, and, and with the Hawks being as terrible as they are, all eyes are on the 2023 draft. So thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, happy to do it, boys. I'm uh, I'm always excited to talk about the top of this class. It's an exciting one. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we've got we we've all seen the statistics for both guys. Uh, you know, Fantilli's got 26 points. Bedard has 64 points. And when we're doing the comparison, people are going to look at that and say, "Oh my God." Well, obviously, Bedard is worlds better, and that might be the the truth. But I think before we get into each player, can you explain kind of the differences between? the Western Hockey League game, and the college game in terms of point production? Yeah, for sure. So, um, obviously, Connor Bedard, this is his sort of third season there as an exceptional status kid. The the COVID bubble took away a, a good chunk of that. But, um, you know, you're playing against players that are predominantly kind of 18, 19 years old. There are the, you know, the odd 16, 17-year-old that can impact the game as well. Um, high-paced, usually high-scoring um, so it's not the most polished game uh, versus the NCAA. It's a bunch of players that are traditionally 19 to about 25. You know, we do see the odd 18-year-old slip into there as a true freshman, like we're seeing from Fantilli, um, that can make a bit of an impact, but nothing really like we see from what Fantilli's done. Basically, what he's accomplishing, we haven't seen since Jack Eichel did it a few years ago at BU. Uh, before that, it was Paul Correa in the early 90s. You know, Phil Kessel had a terrific draft eligible season there as a freshman, but, you know, was still producing about a half point fewer than than what Van Tilly's doing this season. So um, definitely you got to take uh, take those numbers with a grain of salt when you're comparing the two, because if you threw in Adam Fantilli into the Western Hockey League, you know, he'd probably have. 50 points as well he, he'd probably be just trailing Bedard and be the only one he's, he's trailing too so um, they're both having just spectacular seasons and like I said they they make up the clear top two in this crop and it's been pretty clear that 
Bedard has been the top prospect in this draft class for a few years now. Um, but a lot of narratives have kind of gone on as this as this season has progressed that, you know, the, the gap between Bedard and the rest of the class and primarily the, the gap between Bedard and Fantilli is starting to close a bit. Do you see that that being actually true or is that more of just maybe some, some teams that aren't going to get the top overall pick like the Blackhawks are, um, are, are trying to talk themselves into saying, well, Adam Fantilli will be just as good. I'll say this is that whoever is picking number two this year, they're going to get a first overall quality player. So um, I said before the season, I had Fantilli ranked number two kind of, even going back to last year, he was my number two guy where a lot of people really liked Matt B. Mishkoff, the Russian sniper in that spot. Um, as we've seen this kind of season war on is that Fantilli has really solidified himself as that number two, where Mishkoff has kind of slid more closer to that four five spot. Um, so it is, it is a, there is a gap still. Um, I said too that, that, you know, he, he Fantilli had to come out here and have an Eichel like season, even to begin to challenge Bedard. Uh, for the top spot and he's done that you know he's put himself in that conversation but I think at the end of the day unless a team really galaxy brains it and says like you know Fantilli's got the size you know he plays in the middle of the ice he, he can do everything he's more of a well-rounded two-way player um, this is the guy we want to go and build our team around versus the high octane exceptional offensive talent in Bedard um, which I think would be overthinking things immensely uh, that I, I still think it's a slam dunk that, that Bedard's going to go number one, even though Fantilli has, you know, at least made it a discussion. It's pretty nice to know that we no longer have the galaxy brain general manager making <laughs> those calls here. Cause that's what the old guy would have done here. He would have been, I'm going to outsmart everybody and not take the obvious pick here. Uh, we had Brock Sheehan on our show a couple of times, the former Chicago Steel coach and now Chicago Wolves head coach. We asked him a lot about Adam Fantilli, and he compared his game to one of Nathan McKinnon. Is that a fair comparison when you watch? Not saying he's going to be Nathan McKinnon, but is that is that a good comp if everything hits the way it should? You know... It wouldn't be who I'd comp him as, but, you know, the, the far be it for me to, to second guess a, a head coach there. But um, he doesn't have that speed that Nate McKinnon has that where he can, you know, get galloping through the neutral zone and just high step over half the team on, on route to a, a rush. Um, Fantilli doesn't have that level of speed. Um, he's a good skater, strong skater, agile skater. So he darts in and out. He can get into the inside lane. He plays kind of that powerful game. Um, but he doesn't have that elite next level speed that a Nate McKinnon has. Um, so I think that that's probably the, the real discrepancy between the two. You know, I've had people say the same thing, like ask, is he like Eichel? Um, you know, a similar thing doesn't quite have that level of speed, um, but maybe has a better shot at the same age. Um, so there's, there's similarities between both those players and what Fantilli could turn into. Um, I think what we're looking at though, is, is you're looking at a guy who could be a franchise center, can put up, you know, 80 to 100 points, can be relied upon in all situations by the time he kind of hits that prime of his career. Um, he can shoot it, he can dish it, he can transfer the puck, he can get back and play some strong defense, even plays fairly physical at times too. So um, he's very well-rounded, especially for his age and playing as a first year in the NCAA. Um, granted, he is surrounded by a whole host <laughs> of talent there at Michigan, which really helps him out. 
Um, he is the best player on the team still, um, but he's so he's the focal point. But when you have those type of players around you, um, teams really can't they can't sag off of them and really focus in on him two or three guys because he can move the puck and set things up too. So um, he's intelligent out there. That was kind of the one thing I was really looking for this season is to see that awareness um, in situations. Can he problem solve? Can he break down what's going on in front of him? And every game I watch pretty well, he's taking another step forward in that regard. Um, so he's really showing to be a, a highly intelligent player as well. All right, so if we're talking comps, uh, who is the Connor Bedard NHL comp? If you could compare him to somebody in the league right now, or historically maybe, who would that be? Yeah, so the one I've kind of uh, keep coming back to is I think he is a sniper version of Patrick Kane. Um, so obviously they play different positions uh, with Kane on the wing um, and Bedard down the middle. We'll see if Bedard ends up being a center in the NHL. I think he certainly can be, and, and, and teams will draft him as such. Um, but he has that slick, slick playmaking. Um, he's got great hands, great awareness, knows how to hit spots. Um, you know, at the junior level, he can get a little silly out there with some of his moves when he, when he doesn't need to, but like, who cares, right? He's just this mega star who can get away with it. But the, the difference there is that he shoots the puck as well as anyone on the planet, including Austin Matthews. Like he has that dragon release shot that arguably, like, I don't, I'm not sure if anyone else in the NHL other than Matthews can shoot it like him. Um, so he's doing that at 17. He won't even turn 18 till next summer. Honestly, there's no reason to, to doubt that this kid's going to be a 50 goal scorer when he's in the NHL, maybe even a 60 goal scorer. Um, and so you add that with the type of hands he has, like a Patrick Kane and that, that offensive creativity. Um, I said that for Fantilli, I wanted to see him kind of up his decision-making and his problem solving for Bedard. I wanted to see him up his playmaking and he's done that. So both these players have kind of hit exactly what you wanted to see from them this year. Um, and they're doing it simultaneously as they're trying to combat, kind of go head to head. Um, but yeah, Bedard is a fully complete offensive player. Um, the defensive side of things yeah, has some has some things to be worked on, but you don't pay that kid to, to play defense and, and to hit guys in open ice. You pay him to put the puck in the net. He's going to do that a whole bunch. That Sounds does a lot sound like Patrick Kane. A lot like Patrick Kane, yes. <laughs> if, there, yeah. if there's a... If there's a hole in Connor Bedard's game, what would you say it would be? Because I, I know we the, the the skill, the playmaking, his shot, it all stands out. But if there's something that you know someone could pinpoint and say, well, he's got this to work on, uh, you know, def defensively for a lot of these high end forwards, that's always a thing. But if there's one thing, is there a mechanical thing? Anything weird with him and his his physical attributes or anything like that that you could poke a hole in, or is he just? just the best <laughs> the best you know 17 year old hockey player that's ever been created in a lab oh man he, he's he's the best one we've seen since mcdavid that's for sure um you know defensively yes there are some things that, that he could clean up on um if there's one thing i've noticed creep into his game this year a little bit is kind of effort when he loses the puck or when it's turned over by by a teammate and they're going back is that he can be guilty of just kind of floating back and and I, I isolated a play a week ago you know he had a terrific game but he was dangling at the top of the umbrella coughed it up and they went down the other team went down on a two-on-one the other way and he just kind of floated the whole way back as the two opponents took turns trying to have scoring chances and he curled away from the net and just no effort very lackadaisical in that regard but you know again he is everything for the Regina Pats. Like he, he really doesn't need to back check. You'd want to see those habits from a player, but he's playing such heavy minutes. He doesn't really have much help out there. So it's like, he needs to conserve his energy so he can put up, you know, three plus one and the team will still lose six, four. Um, <laughs> so at, at this point, I just, you don't want to see it 
continue on. Like I doubt we'll see that at the World Juniors. I think we'll see him be all out effort on every shift. And that's the type of player I think we'll see as he as he elevates up to the NHL because if he's not, it won't take long for an NHL coaching staff to to sit him down if he pulls one of those plays in the show. Yeah. Ah, the magical invisible piano on the back <laughs> when the puck goes the other way. That sounds familiar. Um, yep. <laughs> so the Blackhawks have definitely built a team trying to get one of these two guys, Connor Bedard and Fantilli. Obviously, the be- the most they could do is get themselves the best odds at getting that number one overall pick. Say the ping pong balls don't fall their way and they're picking third. Who's the guy after Bedard and Fantilli that if you are sitting third and you're the head of the Chicago Blackhawks, who are you grabbing? Man, that's a fun one because there are a, a bunch of options there. Uh, Leo Carlson has really kind of stepped up into that spot among the the consensus with the season he's had in the SHL. Um, you know, he was just on an absolute bender to start the season there, scoring at about a point per game. We knew that wouldn't last. It's just 17-year-old kids don't produce like that in the SHL. Um, so he did. He slowed down. He just scored a, a nice goal today and kind of snapped a five-game pointless streak. Still leads all U20 skaters in points. You know, he's 17. Um, he's got the he's got the frame, six foot three. Plays in the middle of the ice. Has great hands, great awareness. Um, that's a guy that you can look at and be like, that's a first line center. That, that kid can develop into a first line center. Um, if you want to go on pure upside electric stuff, that'd be Mishkov, right? Like this kid has broken basically every goal scoring record in in the Russian juniors. Um, you know, he was scoring scoring at a goal per game in the VHL, which is not an easy league to score in the Russian second tier. Um, you know, he doesn't get any minutes in the KHL, so it's hard to really assess there. The problem with Mishkov is the contract, right? He signed up for several more seasons with Ska, um, and you know they're going to offer and they're going to back up the Brinks truck and try to keep him there even longer. Um, so the wait is is definitely you're going to be waiting three draft uh, post-draft seasons for him. But when you get him, you're going to be getting a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, where he stepped into the league and he was already a point-of-game player and he could push to be a 50-goal, 100-point guy. Um, so if you want to go on pure, pure upside like that, then Mishkov is a ton of fun as well. Um, and then there's kind of like the whole Western Hockey League. They've got three <laughs> or four guys that are going to be in that conversation too. They got Braden Yeager. They got Zach Benson, who's highly, highly intelligent player. Um, looks like just a safe bet to be an all-around impactful guy in the top six. Um, uh, you know, there's Edward Saleh coming out of Europe. Um, there, there's going to be some options. And as the season wears on, we're going to see kind of that, that chunk of players kind of separate themselves into, into kind of a three or four player mix to see who's going to be that number three guy. But yeah, that, that number three spot is going to be kind of the, the sad place to land for whoever gets there because <laughs> yeah. they're missing out on the clear top end talent. And now they've got to hope like, okay, hopefully we don't make a mistake at three and, and the best player left is going at five or six. So comparing last year, sounds familiar. Yeah, that does (laughs) sound familiar. Uh, So comparing uh, last year's draft to this one, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky goes number one to Montreal. If he was in this draft, where would he be? Kind of in the hierarchy of of prospects, would he be top five, top ten, out of the top ten? How like how deep is this draft compared to how light last year's was? I guess. Yeah. So I mean top five probably probably in that four five three you know in that three to five range is where he'd be battling because he's such a he's such a unique player with his size and skill combination that teams love to take a swing on a guy like him right it's just a physical specimen too um but 
you know, if Fantilli was in last year's class, which he was only, you know, about a month away from being eligible for, he would have been first overall with a bullet. I, I don't think there'd be any, any question about that. Um, so it is definitely a stronger group at the top. Um, it was kind of projected 2023 as being this like epic class to, to rival 2015 or 2003. I don't think we're going to see that. I don't think the skill is that deep throughout Europe. It's a little light this year. Um, obviously, there's a couple guys. We mentioned Mishkoff and Carlson, but it does it does kind of fade away, um, which is going to reduce the, the impact of the class in general. But yeah, at the top end, um, you know, guys like Wright and Slavkovsky and Simon Nemec, they'd all be top 10 in this class. Um, but they'd be, they'd be up against some challengers who'd be pushing them. So uh, talking about the Blackhawks system now, I know you, you've been following prospects for a long time. Uh, we kind of, when Kevin Korczynski was drafted uh, with the seventh overall pick last year, we kind of looked at each other with a shrug, like oh, another defenseman here. But since we've seen him in the Hawks system playing uh, at the prospects camp and a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, preseason he looks NHL ready, and he's really picked up right where he left off in Seattle. What do you make of Kevin Korczynski and his NHL future? Yeah, I I, I don't think he's NHL ready myself. Um, offensively, he probably is. He could probably run a power play in the NHL. Um, defensively, I think there's still a lot to be worked on, and we see that even at the junior level. Um, so in his draft year, you know, he got exposed in a big way in the playoffs, especially against the Kamloops Blazers, where they basically had to, to hide him from all the top talent um starting him on you know it, only in the offensive end pulling him off the ice as soon as Stankoven and co were getting out there so um there's still lots to be cleaned up defensively but again you didn't draft this guy to be uh, a minute muncher taking a beating and starting 30 percent of his shifts in the offensive end you want him out there running your top power play and that's what he can do and he can move the puck and he can transition the puck with his feet and with his pass um he can create things offensively five on five and on the man advantage so he is a really interesting player and he has the size and that you can work with him defensively. Like he could turn into a well-rounded two-way defender. You just, you don't want to curtail that offense. Um, I kind of shrugged my shoulders at that deal too, just because of who was going the other way. Um, but, you know, you guys grabbed Frankie Nazar with the next pick, who I think probably would have fit better at number seven, uh, but you end up getting him anyway. So, so with those two highly offensive players coming into the system, like that's going to be a lot of fun. That's exactly what happened. We were live during the entire first round, and at seven, we kind of wanted Frank Nazar, and we were like, oh, man, why didn't you get the center? And then when 13 yeah. rolls around and they get him anyway, we were like, all right. Yeah. We, we made a yeah. gif out of yeah. our reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. What about Nazar? I know he's been he's been hurt, uh, hasn't played all year, probably won't play all year, uh, barring some sort of miraculous recovery here. Uh, but what did you see from him entering the draft last year? One of my favorites from last year's crop. I had him ranked very, very highly. I think I had him at number five or something like that. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of this kid. Good kid, too. You know, I, I chatted with him several times. Um, has a good head on his shoulder, understands his limitations and his strengths and what he needs to work on. Um, he has explosive talent um, and that mind for creating things, which you want to see is that I, I value intelligence and hockey IQ or awareness or whatever you want to call it extremely high. And when you package it up with hands like his vision, like his um, it's, it's going to be a deadly combination. So another player, you know, we more like a Patrick Kane light um, <laughs> versus Connor Bedard is probably a, maybe a Patrick Kane plus, um, but he's got that level of awareness on the ice, the great hands, the great playmaking ability. He can finish it a little bit himself too. What I really like to see from him in his draft eligible season is that early on, he was kind of dangling everybody. He was like, I'll beat two or three guys, then I'll make a play. 
Um, and you know, you don't really get away with that in the NHL too much. And so he's like, okay, fine. I'll make a play right off the hop and I'll, I'll start using my teammates a lot more. And his, his game kind of became more well-rounded teams. Couldn't isolate in him too much because he could beat them still with the quick hands, but they started to figure out like, well, this guy can hit lanes and, and, and sift it through, through bodies and stuff too. And, and all of a sudden he was a dual threat out there. So, um, that ability to kind of change what you're doing and adapt on the fly mid season in your draft eligible season, uh, really great sign. So. Um, I've been disappointed that he hasn't had a chance to play at Michigan on this team because I, you know, him and Fantilli, Samuskevich, like all the, so much talent. Luke Hughes on that team that the put Nazar with them too would have been a lot of fun. I think that he would have worked his way up into that top six in a hurry too. And he probably would have ended up being the Blackhawks representative at the World Juniors with Team USA. Now with him hurt, uh, they don't have any for Team USA, but they have five uh, prospects that are going to uh, selection camp with Canada. Uh, Korczynski, as we talked about, is is one of them. Uh, Ethan Del Mastro is uh, potentially returning to the lineup again for Canada. Uh, Nolan Allen is there. Colton Doc is there, and Ryan Green uh, is there as well. Out of those those players, like who do you see having a, a decent chance of of making the Team Canada roster and and making an impact uh, for the Canadian side looking to uh, defend their gold medal? Yeah, I think it's EDM for sure. I think he'll be back on that team, and, and I think that he should probably play a sizable role. Um, the the Canada blue line isn't isn't great this year. Like They left some talent at home. Um, Korchinski, I, I assume he's going to be on that team as well and that he should play an offensive role too. Um, but it's, uh, it's, not, it's not as deep as by any means it's forward group. Um, or even, you know, the, the blue line for the Americans or, or even the Swedes without Edmondson, it's still a decent, decent crew. So we'll see. Um, I expect Nolan Allen probably makes the team just because of, uh, you know, the size and the, and the role they'll, they'll want him to play. Um, but we'll see. So, uh, but for me, I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, Del Maestro does because he, he's an interesting player. And I, I think he's got kind of untapped upside too, that he could be this, one of these sneaky guys that slips into a top four long-term. Yeah, he he was one that when we saw him uh, at prospect camp, saw him a little bit in the preseason too. He was another one where, you know, just his his physical attributes seemed like they were ahead of most other eighteen year old defensemen that we that we've seen in person uh, in, in in recent years. Um, what do you you know what do you see from him? Uh, it's it's definitely uh, more of a defensive minded guy uh, first, but it seems like his offense has kind of come around in the last uh, last season or two. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's kind of this sneaky player who just makes a lot of right decisions. And that's what you want from a blue liner, especially one that's not, you know, not paid to just eat up power play minutes, is that you just want these guys out there making smart decisions with the puck, making smart reads. He's got nice, you know, his his defensive posture and skating against the rush is really good. He's got a quick stick. He can gap up well. Um, you know, he can get in on loose pucks and, and make a quick play while someone's breathing down his neck. Um, and that, you know, you pay guys to make those plays is when four checkers are coming in, can they shift and beat them and make a quick outlet? Can they take the punishment and still make the play? Um, you know, those, those are the type of things that I see from him. And, and like you said, the offensive stuff, it probably won't ever hit the high notes, um, but it's going to be good enough that he's going to be able to make plays and play out there with top six forwards um, and, and set him up and get the play rolling in the right direction. And that's what you need from your blue liners, especially as you start pushing into that number four, five, six guys. Can they move the puck up in a hurry and get the offensive rolling while still being defensively responsible? And I, I see that from him. One of those guys at the camp that probably a long shot to actually make the roster, but I think Blackhawk fans need to be a little excited about is Ryan Green, who's having a huge year in the NCAA. Fell of the second round. 
57th overall. Um, you know, what do, what do you make of the progression he's had in his first year of college hockey? Yeah, I haven't seen him too much. Um, I know he's doing well at BU, though, as, as a first year. Like, that's the last time I looked, what did he have, like a point a game or, or just under or something like that, which is, you know, nothing to sneeze at for these guys. Like, this this has been a really impressive freshman class this year, whether it's draft eligible or, or you know, draft plus one kids. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really expect him to be on the team. Even getting invited is, is a nice feather in his cap. And you never know, right, um, when these 19-year-olds show up, it's a 19 year old tournament like this is his last kick of the can and, and team Canada and, and most kind of competitive nations will bring the 19 year olds over a 17 or 18 year old just because they've been around the block a little bit more they're physically more mature and, and kind of able to, to handle the spotlight and the pressure a little bit better than some of the younger guys so you know you could see him sneak on there as as kind of the fourth line forward or fourth line center or like the 13th forward something like that you can who can kill some penalties and maybe chip in with a little offensive given an opportunity. Um, so, you know, never say never. We've seen, we've seen team Canada camps go, go bananas before and, and leave some highly touted guys behind for, for some more unheralded ones. And then those guys end up being the glue guys on the team that they can step up and play a big role. All right, Cam, before we let you go, we're going to put you on the spot here. Uh, you're the GM. You have the third overall pick. We assume Bedard went one, Fantilli went two. Who are you taking at three? If I'm the GM, does the owner like me? Do I got a good contract? Like, what's that? Yeah, no, you're you're secure, man. <laughs> you're secure. You're secure yeah. yeah, I'm secure. <laughs> yeah, I'm secure. I'm going Mappy Mishkov. I'm going Mishkov, and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna sweat it out for three years, hoping I still am sitting in that chair when he finally comes over. <laughs> I don't think there are too many fans in Minnesota complaining about waiting for Kaprizov anymore. So it's probably worth it. And listen, the Blackhawks have nothing but time right now yep. to wait. So yeah, might be worth That's it. That's right. Definitely. The only difference is Minnesota took Caprice off in the fifth. A lot easier to wait for a fifth rounder. <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, yeah. let's redraft that draft and see where he goes. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cam. Thanks for the time, man. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure you're following Cam on Twitter at hockey underscore Robinson. He is the director of film scouting and lord of fantasy hockey and elite prospects. Follow them, too. Uh, Now is the time to be following elite prospects as the Blackhawks are terrible and all the eyes are on uh, the future and current draft picks. So, Cam, have a great day. I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Cam. Take care. Thanks, Cam. That is Cam Robinson of elite prospects. He was great. Yeah. That was really, really good. And uh, if, if you missed part of that, Make sure you go back and listen again. Uh, you know, make sure you smash the like button on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed, of course, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe there as well. And this could be a nice episode to share with your Blackhawk fan friends who may have not heard of us before because uh, a lot of great information on some potential future Blackhawks. Uh, really enjoyed that interview. Want to remind everybody, by the way, about our CHGO Bulls takeover Friday, December 16th. Chicago versus New York at the United Center. Here's what's included with your ticket. Pre-game drinks at Crossroads on Madison. A shuttle to and from the United Center. Game tickets to the Bulls game. Section 314. And, of course, Immaculate Vise with Big Dave (laughs) and Matt Peck. Go to allchgo.com to purchase your tickets. Remember, if you are a diehard you save on all CHGO events like these takeovers. We've got a Hawks one coming up soon. Any of our Bears tailgates, you save every event when you join allchgo.com and become a diehard. It is a great deal. It pays for itself. And, oh, yeah, you get a free T-shirt or hat right off the bat 
when you become a member. So go to allchgo.com, become a diehard, take advantage of these great discounts, and join us for the Bulls takeover Friday, December 16th, Bulls-Knicks at the United Center. Drinks at Crossroads before the game, a shuttle to and from, and, of course, a game ticket, Section 314 for Bulls-Knicks. going to be a great time. Hang out with Matt and Big Dave, and maybe a little chuck a hat at you if they're feeling frisky. Yeah, maybe. Are the uh, are the corn tots available in the uh, in the ticket? I package? think they should just fill a bucket of corn tots and just <laughs> call it a day. Because be if, if you're at Crossroads, right there, Madison and Aberdeen, somewhere uh, between Aberdeen and Racine, it's close over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, make sure if you're ever there for whatever reason, order those corn tots. They're insane. Mm-hmm. Yep, delicious. Yeah. And uh, speaking of prospects and diehard memberships, our uh, rebuild report will be publishing. Shortly after this show, it's ready mm-hmm. to go. We were just waiting for the link to that interview with uh, Cam Robinson mm-hmm. to throw it in there. So that will be, uh, so if you're a diehard member over at All CHGO, our weekly rebuild report will be going live shortly after the, today's show. Yeah, great talk with Cam. Um, many moments left me smiling as I, as he talked about Fantilli and Bedard. And um, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's, Hearing that from the people that are watching these players, yeah, as as much as they are, um, it just kind of reignites the like. Okay, these losses are tough, but there's a reason. And at the end of the tunnel, there might be a Patrick Kane plus esque player, Patrick Kane uh, waiting plus for us. Austin Matthews, <laughs> yes, please, yeah, yeah, yeah work. Uh, yes, absolutely, please. Yeah. absolutely. I'll take that. And you know what? If you want to put a smile on your face uh, for other reasons. Get yourself some AG1 from Athletic Greens, the formula designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy and put a smile on your face. In just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. If you have different dietary restrictions or follow different diets for whatever reason, gluten-free, dairy-free, Keto, vegan, paleo, uh, pescatarian, whatever it is, uh, you're able to uh, incorporate AG1 into those diets and be good to go. It's easy to incorporate into your life no matter how busy you might be. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you need to do. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And while you're feeling good from taking all that AG1, why don't Mm -hmm. you look good? By sporting a pair of Shady Rays sunglasses. Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses are so expensive, so they have gone out and changed it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter because our friends at Shady Rays have you and your lovely eyeballs covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays is they also have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. That's right. If you lose or break your shades shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Did you lose them while doing some ice fishing in a shanty in Minnesota? Mm. Did you th- lose them because... 
Connor Bedard slap shot just whizzed by you and <laughs> took the sunglasses right off your face. Well, if that happens, don't worry. Shady Razor will replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you from being a customer of theirs. They are just as good, if not better, than any expensive pair of sunglasses that are on the market today. Shady Rays will also do something very cool. Besides making you look cool, they'll make you feel good because they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit out the giant window, (laughs) big test window they have at the Shady Rays factory to make sure the glasses are blocking the sun. They'll throw that profit right out that window and do whatever it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. End of story. And an exclusive deal for our CHGO listeners. Shady Rays is running the deepest deal of the season. Use that promo code CHGO at checkout, and you will receive 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses at ShadyRays.com. Kids, that's buy one, get one free. Even I can do that math. You'll get two pairs for as low as 54 bucks. The more you buy, the more you save. Sunglasses fit right perfectly inside holiday stockings. Mm. Perfect stocking stuffer. You'll save a ton of money. All your friends will look cool. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. And they look cool. They come in that cool little uh, bag that can also be used as like a lens wipe. Yeah, They look sweet. Mine mine arrived, and I am really impressed. I put them on. You talked about how clear they are. Yeah. Man, they look fantastic. I put them on when I drive, no matter if the sun's out or not, because it just it helps everything looks crisper and, and more in focus when mm-hmm. I have them on. Absolutely. Yeah. It was uh they're they're very, very nice. Got a question here from Corey saying corn tots as in tater tots with corn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what the corn tots they're, are. They're, they're like they're the corn uh, fritters. Like Yeah, I believe they're called hush puppies and other. Yeah, uh, or if you ever remember the, the for for the for old Chicagoans. Remember the corn fritters from Brown's Chicken? They're like mini mm. versions of those. There you go. Yes. Whatever is in them, they're freaking it's, delicious. It is It is delicious. It's deep yeah. fried corn. How could you go wrong? And you got to get, you gotta get the, uh, the the little dipping butter that they got, too. Yes. It's like, like maple. What is it? Maple butter. Maple, maple chili something? Yeah. Maple honey butter. I don't know. You know what? I will do some investigative uh, reporting, and we'll f- get to the bottom of yeah. what that sauce is. It's good, is. and it... <laughs> Easily comes out. It doesn't stain your shirts when you slobber it all. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm glad you. I'm glad you were saying it was your shirts that it was coming out. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it it I I always get a blob of it down the front of my shirt, but it does not stain. It was right. There. Also got a comment from Tom saying, "Did you guys see Reichel's shootout goal last night?" Sure did. Let's put the bus talk bus talk away after seeing that. Yeah, we did our best to dispel the bus talk. Bus talk. I don't know why I can't speak today. Uh, after uh, our last post game show, yeah. I sent Sarah the uh, the video there of uh, Reichel's goal. I don't know if we're allowed to play highlights. It's from the Ice Hogs. What if we accidentally showed a screen of the Ice Hogs Twitter and it just so happened to play a video? <laughs> it's all right. The, it could the, the be. Isn't that technically the Ice Hogs' fault? The guy on the play by play is a friend of ours and won't get mad that his voice comes through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sarah, I sent it to you in Slack. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was, he got the, the game tying goal in the third period, um, and got the shootout winner. Are we going to try it? it? All right, let's do it. Let's try it here. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's, are we doing video only or audio only? Uh, we'll see. I love the, I love the live producing. Oh God, here we go. 
Here's the kid. Here's the kid. I love that call. Only goal for the Ice Hogs tonight. Reichel picks it up down the left wing, above the left circle. Askarov way out of the net. Reichel <laughs> rips it up and over Askarov. Oh, what a shootout goal by Lucas Reichel. <laughs> Yaroslav Askarov going aggressive goalie yep. on that one. Oh, that was good stuff. That's That was great. That's called hockey awareness right there. I am sweating for well, yeah. I'm sweating anyway because I just that's my natural <laughs> state. But man, that was that was sweet. That, that was nice. That is just a sign of confidence. Yeah. Like oh, and don't forget, Askarov is a big goalie prospect. Yeah. yeah. Like he first round, gonna be another one of the kid, really like, good goalies in hockey, and yeah. he's like, oh, you're gonna come out that far and challenge me? Nope. Scoop. I mean, Askarov had 36 saves in regulation. Reichel was the only guy to get a goal. And I love the bet. Yeah. My favorite part about that is he scores a goal, he skates away. I love when he turns back and kind of looks at him like, Yeah, I just did that. Deal <laughs> yeah. with it. Yeah, it yeah. Was, he, needs, he needs the sunglasses to come down. He needs some shady rays. Shady rays. Yeah, it. there you go. Yeah, yeah. It, look, like, like people were worried about Reichel being a, a bust and, um, you know, jerking him around back and forth between, you know, Rockford and out onto the East Coast, uh, New Jersey. And then back, and you know, oh, he's not gonna—he's gonna be all out of whack and stuff. Look, this kid's twenty years old. He's playing some of the best hockey that he's that he's played in the AHL right now. Um, He's—he's getting—he's—he's—I—I believe that he has the confidence built, like you just said. Like that's—that's a little bit of confidence right there, being able to pull off a a move like that um, in that kind of situation. And you know, he's building the confidence, and and when he does get to the point where, okay, I'm up in the NHL. Now I'm in the NHL. It's no longer back and forth. Um, there's a clear role for him. Once he gets that opportunity, uh, I really think we're going to see a step be, be uh, have see him take a step in his development. We've seen 12 games out of him in the, in the NHL, very sporadic mm-hmm. uh, periods of time where he's been up with the Blackhawks. When he gets... The, the, the comfortable role, um, you know, the opportunity to be in the lineup without the, the, the fear of being back and forth. Um, I think you're going to see a, a confident player. I think you're going to see a, a, a kid who's ready to, to make the most of that opportunity. We, we're, we're seeing it with, uh, with, with Philip Kershev. Yeah. We talk, we, we've talked about this week. Philip Kershev was a guy that didn't have a, a set spot in the lineup, didn't have a set role to play was all over the you know the the lines and now this season he's been given a more set role and he's 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 done a good job of it so you know I, I think Reichel's probably going to be a better player than Kurashev so when you give those guys that that kind of opportunity at that age at that point in their development path I think good things will come Luke Richardson spoke a little bit about Reichel today after practice and kind of said a lot of the same things there he said that you know, for the situation he was put in, having to literally get off the plane and get to the rink, he, he did well. He said that to, as the game went on, he was doing some, some things without the puck that impressed him. Uh, but he basically said for young players that have to keep coming up and going down, it's tough because you get here and you want to defer to NHL players. And Richardson said, but you are an NHL player. And yeah. he needs to get well, that's that, a great he, point. he needs to get that yep. in his brain saying, I'm not deferring to an NHL player. I am an NHL player. And he needs to get the confidence to shoot yeah. and be Lucas Reichel as opposed to being like, Well, I'm a, just an AHL guy. I need to 
give it to Patrick Kane or I need to give it to whoever. Uh, and he says uh, with each the, the goal is with each time he comes here, it gets easier. He gets more confidence and eventually he's here to stay and he realizes he's an NHL player. I love that comment. Yeah, um, that's that's that is really insightful from Luke to say that. And uh, the, actually, the Blackhawks yesterday uh, published a quote from Reichel, uh, from Richardson and Reichel. They said after the game, they actually like made a nice graphic, not as nice as our graphics, but they made a graphic uh, <laughs> they with the quote. Make it as nice as yeah, ours. they tried. Um, he said, "quote He's been playing good as of late. Should be well, but whatever, Luke." As of late, and he deserved the call-up, especially in a position missing Taves in the top six of the lineup. That's where Reichel plays. To call him up and play him in a checking role in the fourth line and not be on the power play wouldn't be a time to call him up. So this was the right time. I think for the first time, we have seen him, in essence, other than in training camp, he was good, and I'm sure he'll feel more comfortable the next chance he gets. Uh, Yeah, so no, the Hawks aren't worried. And I think we're... I don't want to say we're we're arguing with a straw man here because there were a few people concerned that he didn't have a big impact in the last game, but no one's worried about Lucas Reichel. I'm not. You yeah, guys aren't. Shouldn't be worried. Uh, the Hawks aren't. It was a very very uh, less than ideal situation that he was called up into last game, uh, and it was an emergency call up. Had very short notice. Didn't even have to get a chance to eat lunch. To expect him to come up and produce at a at a high level is. It's probably asking too much, but I do think I like, you know, selfishly, we wanted him here. We talked about this yesterday, but the fact that they're going to let him go down and develop a little bit more. And then when he's up, he's up. I like that, but I love that comment. I'm going to think about that a lot, that you are not deferring to NHL players. You are an NHL player and not just for, for, uh, Reichel for any prospect coming up. There's a reason you're here, right? We called you up because we think you can do this. So get in that mindset, play your game. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kurashev is a really good example. When he started playing his game, which looks more now like it did when he was in Rockford, more of an offensive game with the two-way element, but more offensive than defensive, he's, he's become a more effective player. Yeah. Do what you do. That's why you're here. That's why we drafted you. you know? Yeah, I, I think that that applies to many different things, not just hockey. You know, uh, the, the three of us coming together on this show, it was it – was, like, hey, like we've all come from different different areas. We've all come together now to to work on this show, be who we are, and let the show flow from there. And I think we've done that. Little uh, little plug to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to our live studio audience for the Very applause. Oh, uh, we got to be like Matt Nagy and just have "Bu" written on our play card. Yeah. And we'll remember uh, Boston University. And then do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, yeah, Boston, Boston University. University. Uh, yeah, Kobe, so Kobe Cohen has that written on his card. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Two letters, though. Hey, speaking of, of BU and Colby, isn't it yeah. an uh, anniversary of a big goal he scored? Am I derailing the show? I'm sorry. My is that I, is that the anniversary? Is that today? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I, <laughs> you're not the Colby Cohen historian? It didn't make it to this week. It is not today. No, I'm sorry. It is not today. My bad. All right. Fair um, enough. All hey. right, before we get to uh, our little practice report here uh, from Greg, I want to remind everybody that it's it's hockey season, if you haven't noticed, and oh. it's time to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Listen up. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, 
You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code CHGO. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And it's Thursday, which means it is time for the DraftKings Pick of the Week. Yes. Yes, it is. It is time for the Pick of the Week. And I made the Pick of the Week while we were doing our countdown. Um <laughs> But if you pick la- if you bet last week's pick of the week, you won some money, and now yep. I'm shooting a little higher. Oh. Uh, I'm doing one of them fun same game parlays. Oh, look out for tonight's Toronto Maple Leaf Los Angeles Kings mega clash north of the border. Uh, I am betting Mitch Marner anytime goal scorer. Uh-huh. He's been hot. I think he's due for a goal, and the over six and a half total goals. Oh, and that is. Uh, odds of plus three ten, so a ten dollar bet gets you forty one dollars back. Um, nice. Mitch Marner twenty game point streak. He's more of an assist guy, but I think I think he's got some goals in him tonight. And if Marner's scoring goals, that means the offense is clicking for Toronto. You'd think. And Kings not the greatest goaltending in the world this, these days. They can score though. They can score. Can. Uh, so I think seven total goals is n- not out of like the realm it. of possibilities. So going for bigger odds. Last week we played it a little safer, uh, and but it was a winner. This week I'm th- I'm feeling a little more uh, risky, but not that risky. All so right, <laughs> Mitch like Marner anytime yeah. goal score over six and a half. Leafs and Kings is the DraftKings pick of the week. Well, and with. The recent trend of high scoring hockey that the NHL has seen. Yeah, it's like, like being in the 1987 Norris it's, division. It's, it's again. not bad to bet the over sometimes. I, all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, mo- most times. Your two, your two safest NHL bets these days are bet whoever the Blackhawks are playing scores first mm-hmm. and bet the over in any game. You're going to win more than you lose That's if true. those two bets. That's true. We should host CHGO bets. I don't want that game. No. <laughs> I don't want that game. I don't want to be responsible for people. Losing I don't want to have to like watch college basketball. No thanks. Uh, okay. Well, except for Kansas, I like Kansas. Oh, there you go. And Dick Grader, right? That's his name. Dick Grader. Grady, Grady Dick. Grady Dick. Grady yeah, that's Dick. Grady. Starting Dick Grady. That's a different that's website. A not just a name. Go. It's just, not just a name. It's a condition. We're playing uh, Mizzou tomorrow. If uh, Ryan. Yeah, we don't. Oh, that's a big one. There's gonna be a lot of lot big of one. insufferable journalists out there watching that game. <laughs> Rock Chalk Jayhawk, right? That's it. Yeah. That's hey, they were my pick in the uh, in the in the final four. I was the only one to pick them uh, on the in the whole company. Yeah. So yeah. And now they got Grady go. Dick to put them over the top. I'm a big Grady Dick fan. Get some lotion for that. <laughs> Everybody needs Don't some. Don't clip dick. that out of context. Whoa. Whoa. Hey. Apparently. Holy moly. Hey Please tell me those are the shirts. At the, <laughs> well, is he not from a long line of dicks, though? Didn't so we have this discussion the other night? Yeah, it was. We had this at the Thanksgiving thing. There yes. is now, um, there's a vintage, like, Kansas pop-up shop they do, and so they've created all shirts with memes of Grady Dick's last mm. name all over the place that, if anyone's interested, go find their Instagram page. There you go. All right. Nothing but dick at Kansas these days. Nothing. <laughs> Blackhawks have all the Johnsons. Kansas has all the dick. <laughs> Congratulations to the they're sororities They're going to make so much money. Yeah, no, they're going to make thousands of dollars. <laughs> and half of the fraternities. Oh, there you go. Sure enough. Fair enough. 
Anyways, um, <laughs> I did not see that coming from Sarah. Sarah. So I appreciate it. This one's gone way off the rails. Uh, Comed would like to tell yes, you, Comed, bring us back about <laughs> about their Grady. No, uh, Comed would like to tell you about their energy efficiency program and how committed it is to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve save money and energy. ComEd is offering offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a, de- a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, Customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated cost savings, energy savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So don't wait. Get started saving money money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. That's B-I-Z. And if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, you can call them at 855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email them at businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. All right, we've got a few minutes to go here. Greg was at practice this morning. And uh, some decent news on the injury front. What did we learn? Yeah, um, pretty much everybody but Tyler Johnson was on the ice at some point today. Uh, Peter, the Blackhawks had four goalies at one point on the ice. Oh, uh, Alex Daylock was a full participant in practice. Him and Jackson Stauber switched off in the drills. Good. Uh, he talked after practice. He was a very popular guy in the locker room. And I do have to say, uh, uh, he very... Uh, I don't think I've seen a hockey player sweat more than Alex Daylock. He's really? very big, sweaty he's guy. Got all the equipment on, so I, I get it. But very sweaty. Uh, but that just means he's working hard, and that's the logo. That's that's the slogan this year, right? Work yeah. hard, work as ready hard as that. Ready, yeah, ready to work. He's ready to work. He's, he's ready definitely to ready to work. Sweat. And he talked about his his dealing with the concussions, and he's says it's it's been frustrating because there have been times where he feels great, he's practice. And then the next morning he feels like he's back to day one Ugh. and, you know, but he's, he's, Brutal, man. he's, uh, says he's, he's feeling good. And, you know, he says right now you got to take it a day at a time, but he's hoping, you know, a few, uh, after three or four days of practice in a row and not, fe- you know, and still feeling good, he, he should be ready. And he, he talked, uh, about, you know, as an NHL goalie, you've got to get over the fear of getting hit in the head. You're going to get hit in the head at some point with a shot or a player in the crease. He's like, you can't be tentative. It's part of the game. You can't mm-hmm. be worried about that. And he also talked about how much he appreciated Reese Johnson getting in the fight with Casey Zizekas, uh after, you know, in, in the rematch with the Islanders, kind of cashing in that receipt. He says he appreciated personally and that Reese earned Quote a lot of respect in the locker room for doing that. So, cool. nice. um, that that was cool to hear. Mrazek skated before practice, didn't participate in the full team. Uh, Luke Richardson didn't have a timetable for either one, but it is encouraging that Mrazek's at least skating. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, maybe in another two weeks, both of those guys can be there. And uh, Luke Richardson talked about Arvid Soderblom, praised him for his confidence and his maturity. 
So for those who've been worried over the last couple of games that maybe his confidence has been hurt by, by losing, that's not the case. Uh, Richardson said for like a 23 year old goalie, he's one of the most confident that he's ever had to deal with. So um, take that. Yeah. So, and he also alluded to that they're going to stick to the plan. If and when Morazic and Stalock are both healthy, Soderblom is going back to Rockford to be the guy. Good. Says this okay. will serve him no purpose to be the backup here. He'll need to be the starter down there. So that was good. Um, Jared Chinorty practiced, but he won't play tomorrow against Winnipeg. Richardson is hopeful he'll be back in the lineup uh, against Washington on Tuesday. Sam Lafferty was in and out of, of rotating on the lines. We talked to him after practice. He seems he, he's feeling well. Richardson said if he's feeling that he can play, he's playing tomorrow against Winnipeg. Right, so I great, expect right? Sam Lafferty back in the lineup. He also mentioned Tyler Johnson didn't skate today, but they're hopeful to get him back in full practice over the weekend, and he's hoping after a few days of practice. So as long as the ankle responds this time and he doesn't have another setback, it sounds like he's maybe a week to 10 days away from returning too. So they could be getting back to full health real quick here, which, of course, you take with a grain of salt because the second one guy comes back, somebody else gets hurt. But... Good news on the injury front. It's definitely looking less dismal than it did, you know, 48 hours ago. And Jonathan Taves? Jonathan Taves, he's playing. He's He was full totally full fine. participant today. He's good to go. Good. Uh, Luke Richardson said he was he was uh, uh, feeling 100% better after a couple of days of rest and eating and everything. Taves centered uh, Kane and uh, Athanasiu today as the top line. Little tweaks to that. Domi was in between Radish and Kurashev, and the bottom six like stayed that. the same, depending on if Lafferty plays or not. My guess, if Lafferty's in, Colin Blackwell probably comes out. That would be my guess, because that mm. fourth line with Kachuk and Entwistle and Reese Johnson has played well. Yeah. And, and you don't have a guy like Alex Daylock to say, hey, Reese Johnson just earned a ton of respect, and now we're going to healthy. <laughs> we're going to scratch yeah, him. Yeah, right, so right. my guess, if, if Lafferty's back, it's going to be uh, Blackwell that, that sits. The most interesting thing was the defensive pairings. Ian Mitchell was on the second pairing with Jake McCabe. That's a really I, I good sign that. for Ian Mitchell. That tells yeah. me Luke Richardson saw something. Uh, against the Devils that he liked to mm-hmm. put him up there. Uh, Philip Roos looks to be the odd man out against Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah, I was curious about that. Um, it's just I know Luke has been really uh, cognizant, conscious of not letting guys sit too long, yeah. not letting guys be scratched too many games in a row. Uh, and it just feels like Roos and Caleb are just going to be, you know, 3-3-3. Three, 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 you know. Yeah, Roos, Caleb, Mitchell, they'll yeah. probably be in a rotation. But yeah, I, I'm glad Mitchell's getting a, a, a bigger look. Yeah, I, I was so focused on Reichel in the last <laughs> game. I think we all were. Yeah, that I was barely keeping an eye on Mitchell, and and hopefully uh, he'll get the start in the home game, so we can see him at the United Center from the great perch we have in the press box, yeah, right. and really focus on him because TV it's not quite the same in terms of seeing all the little things that are developing. So I'll be keeping a close eye on Ian Mitchell tomorrow. That's for, for yeah, that's and for sure. I. I th- like you said, it, it's it's an interesting um, position to have him in there with with McCabe because McCabe and Murphy, you know, they were a pairing for the majority of last season. Uh, they've been a pairing together again this season for a, a good portion of time. Like they they work well together um, as as two guys that kind of work as 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 a more shut down pair. Um, so to split them up, I 
to 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 put Ian Mitchell up with uh, with McCabe is is an interesting move. But I, at this point of the season, do whatever you want. Like yeah, I I what? really I really have no problem with with splitting guys up, trying to trying to see different things. What who who might work better with with, with whom, um, you know, getting getting creative with things. I I don't mind that. Um, but yeah, I think it's it, it's an interesting uh, indicator of what you know. Richardson may see with Mitchell and maybe maybe give him a guy like McCabe who's going to be more of the back end yeah it takes pressure defensive off. defensively responsible uh to maybe help Mitchell you know tap into a little bit more of the the offensive uh side of things that he brings to the table it's all about putting guys in positions to succeed and I think that's a good position for Ian Mitchell to succeed because he can be Ian Mitchell he can be that offensive minded defenseman mm-hmm. because he's got Jake McCabe arguably the best defensive defenseman on the team, him and Connor Murphy, yeah. you kind of share that role. I think it's a good fit. I also think it's a good fit with Caleb with Connor Murphy because you get that same, same kind thing. of aspect. You get the guy that's a little more offensive-minded with the defensively responsible veteran who can help, you know, fix mistakes, clean up, you know, be there, uh, you know, if, if the younger player gets out of position a little bit. I'm looking forward to seeing Ian Mitchell, and it's a really good test for him against a big, heavy team like the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, if yeah. he can handle himself against a team like the Jets, then he probably deserves to stay up here for the time being. Sure. Hopefully, no more uh, blind passes into the middle of the ice. Yeah, yes. yes. that was I a do rough remember one. Remember seeing that? From that was the only yeah. play that sticks out for yeah. me for Ian Mitchell. Thankfully, it didn't cost him. But that's the type of play where you're like. That gets you back at the Olive Garden before you know yeah, it. Yeah, real quick. It's Which isn't the worst thing in the world. No. no. Two salad breadsticks. Yeah. Actually, I've never had Olive Garden. C- come on. I swear to God, I've never had it. Well, that's because you live in a city that has real restaurants. I know, but like, I always right. I always hate when people make that argument. Like, why would you ever go to a cheap pizza place when there's Pequods? I'm like, well, I live 45 minutes from Pequods. <laughs> I can't right. get there all the time. Um, I've just never, I don't know. I've I, never did, I did it once. All right. Well, the next CHGO... Uh, <laughs> Dinner outing is <laughs> Olive Garden. I, I, did, I did it once it. on a date in my 20s, and it haven't been back since. See, that for yeah. me. I, I felt my grandmother cry tears <laughs> eating Italian food. See, from for me, Italian for me, the food. ultimate date, when you're in your 20s, the ultimate date spot was Maggiano's. If oh, I really yeah. liked a girl, like it was Maggiano's because there was nowhere fancier than Maggiano's. That, yeah. like, <laughs> white table cost. Oh, yeah. Give me your second cheapest bottle of wine. <laughs> uh, you know, and the food is great. So true. But uh, me and Hope had our first date there, and they put us at this table that, like, overlooked everybody, and oh. we had to sit side by side. It was the most awkward. Fortunately, we had been go- we had been going to Hawks games for like a year together. When she finally said, "Jay, are we dating?" I'm like, "I guess so, if you want to," because nice. I can't ask a girl out because I can't be rejected ever. Um, we'll get into that in another episode um, in the off season. That's an off season. That's an off season. Yeah, but uh, what are our insecurities? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were like, so uh, anyway, and it was very awkward. But yeah, but that was worked. that was the fancy. It yeah, works. It works. Now we're married. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to try. We told our, our Addie, my daughter would love Olive Garden. She would think that was the coolest place mm-hmm. in the world. So we'll go. Well, that's we'll that's, try it out. That's like when yeah. you're when you're in your preteens yeah. and twenties. Olive Garden's great food. When you when you've actually experienced something, you're like, I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, what's the other Italian place like the rotating pope head? Where it's like a lazy Susan, and it's the Pope's. Oh, uh, Buca de Beppo. 
Oh, where it's I've, just like oh, I've never, never been, been there. Say that again. Buca de Peppo. Buca de Peppo. I like that name. I, yeah. I've seen the sign. I've like driven by that. him. I go, hey, Buca de Peppo. <laughs> I've never actually gone in one. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's Family Guy. If episode. you want a crap ton of <laughs> a crap ton of pretty good Italian food, that that's yeah. a good. Yeah. Place that should to be go. on their their. You could, we'll give <laughs> yeah. you a crap ton of pretty good food. Well, they're not too uh, hoity-toity. They do have a rotating pope head as the centerpiece of their table. That's so. a, a little change. Off-putting. It's a change with the different popes. I don't. You know, I don't know which pope is it. It was Pope John Paul, ben, I believe. That, that's like three popes behind. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a few that's, popes. Yeah. He was Polish too. That's that's a little the, weird. You know, he's well, the pope for some some people. Don't, still. don't every aunt and uncle has a picture of the pope in her house. I promise you, in my family. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, I, all you gotta do is go to uh, Resurrection Cemetery to see how much the Southside Polish love. Oh, no doubt. JP two. I uh, got a comment from JFH says good e- good evening from England. Hey, hey hello first there. time catching the pod Cheers. live. Thank all you. Right. We appreciate that. And uh, Nate says Buca de Beppo is very dab. That's correct. So thank you very much. I may have to do uh, a. I may have to do a Buca de Peppo. Uh, it's good. We should do a tour of Italy. Olive Garden, Buca de Peppo. <laughs> yeah. It, and great, then great. Uh, he'll be Papa John's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, what's, uh, what's the? Uh, uh, forget it. <laughs> forget it. It's not worth it. Yes. All right. Let's wrap this up. Before we go oh, more, I, more off the one question I had from practice. How oh, yeah. were the treats from Tra- Tracy Myers? Yeah, uh, what the hell? They were very tasty. Yeah. Uh, some peppermint bark and some some very good fudge. Uh, nice. So, yes. Tracy Myers. Uh, outshining Derek King's wife with the baked Whoa. goods. Yes. Better, better than Derek King's wow. wife's muffins. Wow. Is yes. it better than Stacy's, though? That's the question. No, nothing is. All right. I vouch for that. You're not getting me to... Good answer. I have, I have uh, sampled the baked goods from uh, your lovely partner, Stacy, and her excellent. Yeah, they're good. Very so good. We appreciate well, it. You know, she, she keeps me uh, with this extra winter cuddling weight. Did you see, <laughs> before we wrap up, SNL last weekend... Uh, Kiki Palmer is the host. They did one of those like music videos they Ooh. do, and it's about how women want fat guys in the winter to snuggle up to. <laughs> sure, like it's about time someone it's said true. it. Back in my single days, man, I was never more popular between October and March. Once April came, I and uh, yeah, done. exactly done. All right, let's wrap this up. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, real quick plug: uh, you can see my book there on the table. I have a few copies left. If you'd like a signed copy, go to my Twitter at Jay Zawoski. There's a link there to purchase the book. Uh, $20 shipped and signed and personalized. You'll have it in two or three days. I think I have like seven or eight left. So if you want a copy of my book, The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, check that link in my Twitter at Jay Zawoski. It's actually bit.ly slash Zawoski book, which is very awkward, but Right there, my pinned tweet. Look for the picture of me and Marion Hosa. Who? And the book could be yours. My colleague, Marion Hosa. Yes. All right. Books. You and fellow author, Marion Hosa. Yeah, author. exactly. All right. Thanks to Sarah for running the show and teaching us all about Dick. We appreciate it. <laughs> we'll talk to you on the postgame show tomorrow night on the CHGO uh, Blackhawks podcast. Show. <laughs>